Hello and welcome to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is another segment of Trade Negotiation. This is where I go through and I break down a single trade paperback issue of one particular volume of something, and I have, at this point, throughout all these episodes, have gone through seven volumes of Chew. I've taken a, a little bit of a break from Chew, threw in a couple other random stuff. It was all good. Um, but I'm back with you. We've got a little bit more to do, and I'm excited. It was really cool jumping back into it. I, I feel like I really didn't miss a beat. I was afraid that, you know, taking, I don't know, what's it been? Maybe a couple of months since I did, uh, Volume 7. But, uh, yeah, I'm digging the shit out of Chew. It's an image title. It's John Lehman and Rob Guillory. Uh, it's probably maybe one of the best team-ups in comics. Maybe top ten for sure, as far as uh, artistic duos. But, yeah, so this is Volume 8 of Chew, entitled Family Recipes. So, uh, just a quick filler. Um, we know that Tony's sister, she got her neck snapped a couple of volumes back. She's dead, so... This volume may be a little bit confusing at first if you've taken a, the time off, but we know that Chu's, Tony Chu, has, uh, a brother, has learned that, you know, he's, he's more than, you know, a psychopath is more than just being able to uh, take a bite out of something and know its history. He's actually able to absorb powers as well. And throughout all this time, he's he's been able to absorb the power to be able to see his dead sister but I'm actually getting ahead of myself, uh, so let's let's start with chapter one, huh? It starts out in flashback mode. Says a few months ago, we've got uh, sister Tony. She looks like she's fixing to cut off her too. All up in the bathroom, but she hears a knock on the door, and we meet another one of Tony's siblings. We have Sage. Uh, so. Essentially, what's going on here is Sage is asking for help from her sister because she's she's got the the biscotti mob family after her. Well, why is that, you might ask? Well, let me tell you. So she is also one with powers. She has an ability called... Now, I, I fucking butcher all of these funny words. Cypropanthropatic. I've been practicing. <laughs> and what that essentially means is that if somebody is eating the same dish as her and she's within the prox a certain proximity of them, she could actually get into their memories. So she is cursed, just like Tony's cursed to have to eat beets. It's the only thing that doesn't trigger his, uh, um, his power. So she has to order just the strangest shit, like a macaroni and cheese, ice cream, anchovy, and cayenne pepper salad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, and just, just to avoid, you see where I'm going with that. Well, here's what happens, is that she orders something all strange like that at this fancy restaurant, and then we got this mob guy, he's also in the restaurant, and he's like, waiter, tired of my old fucking shit, well, uh, mix it up, and the waiter's like, you know what, I got just the thing, so he brings her, him, the same weird fucking dish, and yeah, 
she they, she takes a bite and then she sees all the bad things that this uh, Federico Biscotti motherfucker did. Now, uh, and like a stupid idiot, she stands up in the restaurant. And she's like, ah, he's a bad guy and he's a mob boss and he did bad things. Well, now the mob's after her. So she goes to her sister Tony, who is a member of NASA, and <laughs> yeah, NASA's just as badass as the FDA and the USDA and all those other crime agencies throughout this universe. I love it. Well, um, really, the the whole purpose of this particular chapter is them taking down the Federicos, and we get it done in such awesome, fun fashion. Classic Guillory and Layman fashion, I may say. But, uh, yeah, so... Briscotti's confronted by Tony and Sage, and he sticks these Kigushun assassins on him. And it looks like, oh shit, yeah, these guys have powers and all, but they ain't about to... Nope, doesn't matter. Fucking NASA comes in with jetpacks and laser beams and all this other shit, and mission accomplished. And, yeah, but at the end of the book, or at the end of the chapter, we get, uh, we go back to the whole cutting off of the toe thing. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can't, oh, man, it gets crazy, it really does, so, let's, well, you know, let's just talk about it, I don't need to keep you waiting, we're right here, chapter two, um, in the prelude here, we see Kobe going up to this supermax, or FDA supermax food prison, aka the can, and who's he going to visit? Well, our dear friend Mason Savoy. But why would he be going to visit him? Because Kobe just beat the fuck out of him and got him thrown in prison and caught, right? Well, while Kobe is getting frisks and, you know, your usual prison protocol, uh, someone else is discovered with some contraband being snuck in, and it looks like it's uh, stuff for a recipe, but we also get this, this magazine called Food Love, and that's the end of the prelude. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to more of that in a second. But let's go over to Tony. He's out of the hospital. Um, but it's it's time for him to eat that toe. He's got to eat uh, his sister's toe so that he can do his thing and figure out what happened. So he does. And uh, he through one of his newly developed cybopathic powers, he is able to, uh, I guess, manifest or see... Uh, his sister, and she's kind of, uh, uh, I think of, like, uh, a Christmas carol. Like, you know, she's a ghost, but she's not really a ghost. She's all done in tech, if you will. She looks like a fucking, I don't know, hologram, kind of? That's what I'm trying to say. So what she does here is she goes through and explains as much as she can uh, about, you know, her neck getting snapped, and why, and who, and what, and what there needs to be done to stop, but she doesn't really get to all of those details, <laughs> um, she, she's starting to, but Tony gets interrupted, um, someone knocks on the door, and it's his brother, uh, or Uncle Chow, and yeah, he's, he needs some help, help, and, uh, the thing is, is he got conned, he got conned by this Feller Ken Keebler, conned by Ken Keebler, and he also has an ability. He is a Erocybopictoris. 
So what he can do is uh, he's able to take photos of food uh, with such sensuality that he can cause arousal in one's pants. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he somehow, you know, Chow's a chef. He's through some form of comic bookiness. Chow gets conned, and now he needs Tony's ability to take down Ken Keebler. And, well, yeah, that's kind of what's going on here. But uh, Sister Tony is kind of guiding him along the way. Because uh, at first, Tony's like, dude, no, I got other shit to do. I got to figure out what's going on with her sister. And, you know, yeah, we got to avenge her. But the sister, or I should just call her Antoinelle to avoid confusion from here on out. That's what I'm going to do. Antoinelle, uh, she's like, no, no, no. I, you know, I see the future and all this shit. And, uh, you know, you, you, you got to go help your brother. Yeah, our brother. This is, it all works out, I promise. Just go do that, and we'll get back to whatever. Just nibble on my toe along the way, and I'll be here to guide you, and we'll just make this quick and fast. So she's telling him when to swing punches and all of that shit. And yeah, I mean, it, she's not very good at it, but she's trying. And uh, they, they prevail. They end up breaking Ken Keebler's hard drive with all of his photos ever, and they ruin him, and yeah. Um... But Antoinelle, she's like, check it out. Uh, you kind of ate a little too much of the toe, so there's not en enough toe left for me to get out all of the information to you that we need to <laughs> stop this fucker. This collector guy. That's who they're trying to stop, the collector. That's the guy that killed her. So, yeah. Um, now we go back to the prison, though. And we've got Savoy there. He's all Hannibal lectured out. And then we learn that Kobe, throughout this whole time, him getting him thrown in jail and all this shit, it was all for, I haven't figured out why yet, but we do know that it was all on purpose. It was a setup. Um, Kobe and Savoy are actually working together. <laughs> so, bam, threw a little Shyamalan twist in there. And, uh, yeah, you can kind of see where this could be going. It's, you know, he's saying, well, we might need to get you out of here. But we can't let Tony know, because he's got a pretty big chip on his shoulder on account of what you did, so... Yeah. So just like the, the first issue, or the first chapter, uh, it's it's very short and to the point. Quick read, real direct, uh, any questions you have at the beginning are usually answered by the end, so... Yeah, I dig it, man. I, I'm still digging the shit out of Chew. Let's move on to chapter three. And we're getting to know a little bit more about Tony's past again. And he is with his first wife. And she's just this awesome cook that loves cooking for people. But she doesn't know that Tony's a psychopath yet. So while she's force-feeding him all of this food, he doesn't want to show how miserable he is. You know, we're reminded that, you know, she, he's eating beef. He sees the, the, the cow saw. And, yeah. It's, mm. And at the same time, his sister Tony's there. Uh, alive, and she also learns about uh, Olive being almost not born yet. So yeah, uh, it's it's just kind of a little blast from the past type of thing. We're just getting to know a little bit more about Tony, uh, the history, the the secrecy, all of that stuff. But then we go back to now, and he's sitting there, and he's got his uh, um highly nibbled on toe and he's he's kind of bumming that he's not going to be able to figure out how to how to get a uh, all of the pertinent information what he needs 
So, then we're going to go back six hours earlier and 1,400 miles away, back at the can, or the FDA Supermax food prison. And what we see here is Colby and our buddy Caesar. And, yeah, this is, they're, they're fixing to break out Savoy. They're really not breaking him out. He's going to break himself out. Uh, they're just waiting for him. <laughs> and... Uh, we, this is, this, we, we get a whole lot of Savoy in this book. This is, uh, <laughs> um, uh, an, an escape from prison type of thing. We get more, uh, this is probably the easiest, easily the funniest of all of the issues. There's so many different, if you're not familiar with Rob Gilroy, you haven't been reading this and you've only been listening to me talk about it, I'm not doing any justice based off of all of the visuals and Easter eggs and funny comments and stuff that are just randomly written in there by Gilroy. There's so many. Like, during the uh, the first king scene in the beginning, uh, a list of all the sh shit you can't bring in. Copies of uh, Shawshank Redemption. Not allowed in. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So what's going on here is we're meeting... Uh, Savoy on his way out of prison, and uh, he's pretty much saying, "Look, I, I, it's time for me to get out of here. There's way too many enemies in here. It's yeah." And we we just to give an idea of some of the goofy fucking enemies, uh, we have uh, the serial killer chicken colonels, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's People dressed up like the Colonel, but also dressed up like serial killers. So we've got a Freddy Cougar and a Jason, and a Leatherface, and even a little Jigsaw. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. And then we've got the Licorice Rope Fetish Club. And then the old Vixed Venters Vengeance. And then we've got a uh, Paster Transformer. Paste Transformer. Yeah. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of all the fucking goofiness that goes on in this book. Which... There's so much goofiness. It's so good. You're constantly laughing. Constantly laughing throughout this. So, yeah. Um, while Savoy is on his way out of prison, he meets old Raymond Kulolo. It's not our first time meeting him. Uh, we know him back from that one island where all the uh, Gallsberries were that got torched. Um, and he took off with El Pollo. Well, it turns out that's why he's in prison. He's in prison for possession of a weapon of mass destruction, which was, in fact, El Pollo, the crazy devil rooster. So, yeah, um, he he does his thing, kind of helps him break out. Kobe and Caesar, they, they're waiting for him at the end. Kobe's able to, he does help in his own way by hacking the security system, causing the riot that allows uh, the distraction for Savoy to just waddle on out of there. And, uh, yeah. Um, but in order, he doesn't just waddle on out of there. There's no front door. He doesn't go through the front door. Um, we're introduced to different levels of this prison. And we've, you know, they got to separate all these people. they got the chefs, and the chefs are exactly what it is. They're the people that create the food. And we got the people, the eaters, and those are the, the, the powers that involve eating the food. And we've got your miscellaneous people, so that would be, like, the people that photograph shit and paint shit and shit like that. And then we've got the bottom level, and those are your omega-level food powers, if you will. But there's a level below the bottom level, and that's where Savoy needs to go. And down there waiting for him is old Ray Jack Montero, the developer of the Chog, which is the chicken frog. Because, um, yeah, 
<laughs> and he gets through there, and Ray Jack Montero's living like a fucking king. And uh, Savoy knows that he's down there living like a king, and in order to do that, there's got to be a tunneling system. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, the, that's the tunnel system that Savoy uses to get the fuck up out of prison. Uh, <laughs> but before all that... Ray Jack ain't, you know, he ain't the nicest of fillers. So, he's got a bodyguard down there, you know, when you're living like a king and you're badass and a uh, super rich billionaire criminal. He, he's, he's got a bodyguard, goes by the name of Rolo Horalski, and he also has a power, and he is a sucroformature. Said that one, right? And really what that is, is he takes the form of sugary foods. He eats him some taffy, he's got taffy arms. He eats him some rock candy. He looks like the thing. Oh, you know what? Huh. I think I'm catching a, uh... He eats Red Hots. He gets really hot. What's... Is there a candy out there that turns you invisible? So he's the Fantastic Four all rolled up into one. He's just got to eat the right kind of candy to turn him into that thingy. <laughs> um, Savoy, he's got to take him out. He's got to take out old Rock Candy Fire Taffy Man. Or... Rolo Horalski. And it's tough for him, actually. So Savoy, you don't really see Savoy struggle much. But he does, and he prevails. And, um, uh, not only does Savoy earn his way through Ray Jack Montero's tunneling system, but he gets this secret information from Montero as well, on account of so he don't die. Uh, Montero, uh, there was a threat involved. <laughs> but we don't know what that secret information is. But I bet you it's pertinent. So, yeah. Then, uh, fucking, he gets out of prison. And he meets up with the old Caesar and Kobe. And, uh, yeah. But then we get a final page. Tony's still depressed because he ain't fixing to be able to do what he needs. Um, and all of Amelia, and Amelia come up to him and say, check it out, dude. We cooked for you. And these ain't beats. And they lay down this Galsberry. And then, bam! Setting up issue four like a song bitch. So let's move on to chapter four. Uh, we've got Olive and Amelia. And really what's happening here... <laughs> this issue's so much fun. Um, uh, Amelia is teaching Olive about the characteristics of the Galsberry. The Galsberry is not just a very rare fruit that tastes identical to chicken, um, but it also has the ability to make you trip your fucking nuts off. Uh, so, yeah, she's, she says, check it out, I ate a little bit of this once, and I wrote a book in a couple of hours, and I don't even know what language it's in. It's that weird alien language, man. So, imagine... I found this recipe to where if we took this Galsberry, which is already super fucking potent, and this other secret ingredient that I'm going to not mention until a few pages later, and we put them together, I bet we can make Tony trip his fucking nuts off to the point where he's able to see his sister, Antoinette, without needing the toe. Bam. Or maybe he'll just need so little of the toe that yeah, he'll just ride it out. But where are we going to get this super fucking goddamn potent thingy? Well, we got to break into the FDA. So Amelia dresses up Olive to look like a fake FDA agent, and she goes down in there. She sneaks her way in uh, throughout this, all of this hilarity. But 
there is a bit of a, a hiccup. We get that stupid terrorist group egg. They show up. <laughs> and it looks like the plans are fucked. But, as it, if you guys don't remember, or if you're new to this, I don't know why you'd be jumping in at volume 8 and you're new to this, but I don't judge you, whatever. Uh, Olive, she is the most powerful cyberpath that we've come across so far. Uh, she just catches on like that. So we know that she dealt with a certain Herschel Brown way back in the day, who's a Zocola scalper, scalpray, scalper, and he's able to turn chocolate into realistic things, uh, particularly carving chocolate into, say, a sword or a blade or something. Well, uh, during the whole kerfuffle with Egg saying, stop being chicken people, <laughs> uh... Olive goes to a vending machine, gets a bunch of goddamn chocolate bars, and she carves herself a little shank. She goes up there and she whoops eggs' asses. All three of them, some bitches. And, uh, yeah. So, that's not a problem anymore. They get into the little room, and then they find their secret ingredient. And that secret ingredient circles right back to Rage Montero again. They developed a psychedelic chog. So, when you put a psychedelic chog with a gallsberry, which are both super, 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 um, uh, chickeny, uh, type of, uh, replacements, but the, the, the chog is supposed to be the replacement, but the gallsberry is a natural replacement, but it's super rare, uh, so yeah, yeah, um, you put those all together, blend them all up, you get yourself a goddamn tripping ball scenario, and, uh, it worked. It worked, and that's that's where we leave off in Chapter 4. Chapter 5, we get Tony in full fucking goddamn trip mode. He sees himself on planet Atlas 738, and that is the planet that Antoine now resides as a dead person. So he's in a new dimension, or at least in his head. He's actually very much still on Earth, and all of his actions are relating to, so when he does something... Um, on planet Atlas 738, uh, the same similar type of motion, movement, reaction, uh, whatever, is also taking place on Earth, or our place, and reality is what I mean to say. So he's getting his, uh, um, his information, like he would hope, but he's interrupted again by a knock on the door, and this time it's Kobe. Kobe says, hey man, we've got to go stop Branston Armitage the Fourth, that Peclofabie, and what a Peclo, oh sorry, let me try that again, Peclozofabie, Peclozofabie, is how it's said, <laughs> uh, he's a, uh, has the ability to produce um, extremely sour pickles, and uh, apparently he made a picker, a picker, a pickle so sour that it is actually lethally sour. And when you create a weapon like that, motherfuckers are going to want to come after you, and then he's this, this uh, Branson Armitage fellow over time just realized, you know what, instead of all the bad guys coming after me for my weapon, what if I just was the bad guy that had the weapon? So, yeah, I'm a bad guy now. Well, Colby says, we got to stop him. But, but Olive and Amelia don't really think that's such a great idea. But even Antoine L, <laughs> she's somehow able to communicate and say, you know what, no, this is a great idea. This is perfectly fine. And throughout doing all of this, you're going to get exactly where you need to go. So on account, I could see the future, remember? So what we get here is 
Um, uh, some I I don't particularly remember when, but Kobe does take some of this fucking goddamn hallucinogenic as well, and we get these two detectives trying to go to this pickle factory where Branston has um, held himself up. Well. The thing is, <laughs> when they show up to the scene, Branson's already way... He's, like, already been processed in jail. That's how hard they were tripping. They thought they were going through kicking ass and being the best detectives they had ever been. No. No. <laughs> That's not what happened at all. As a matter of fact, they weren't even on the fucking scene. Um, or even close to that. They were in a pillow factory. <laughs> and you see this montage of Tony just fucking up all these pillows. Well, that's the thing, is they get in trouble because uh, they got so into the violence that I actually dis they destroyed this pillow factory. But, here's the thing. They, they, uh, when, when you destroy a whole bunch of fucking pillows, some feathers are going to come flying about. You see where I'm going with this? If you don't, I'm not judging you. It's okay. Well, these goose-down pillows ain't goose-down pillows. They bleach chicken feather pillows. And that leads them to the world's biggest chicken bust of all time. 800,000 chickens being held illegally in this pillow factory, and Tony and Kobe's tripping asses made the bust. Bam. Everybody's happy. Uh, Tony goes back home. He's still able to see uh, Antoinette, because she just keeps popping up like a fucking creepy ghost and shit, scaring the shit out of him. But uh, she says, check it out. You want to know all that information? You're still somewhat tripping just a little bit. You've come down, but it's still in your system. Check it out. Um, finish that toe, and I'll tell you everything you need to know. And, uh, well, the thing is, is we don't find out what that is. <laughs> Tony does. And in another bizarre twist of events, Tony goes up to his daughter, Olive, and says, check it out. I learned some stuff, but before uh, your, your, your aunt goes away for good, and it's not going to be a regular thing, us being able to have your dead aunt floating around. She's got to go do dead people stuff now. Uh, but she did tell me everything, but I didn't have to eat the whole toe. Um, why don't you finish this? And he hands her... Uh, a sloppy, what, remainder of a toe, and says, your aunt has some last words for you. And she whispers some shit in her ear, and we get literally a holy shit moment. And, uh, yeah, that's that's where Volume 8 leaves off. Dropping bombs. And uh, we don't know what those bombs are, but I have a feeling that we're going to find out. I think there's only three more volumes left. I've said that before. And was very wrong. But I know it's going to be coming to an end shortly. It's all wrapping up. We didn't see any of the Collector in this volume. Which just goes to show that there's so much story to be told. I mean, the universe has been created so... Uh, what? Ugh, I fucked all that up. What I'm trying to say is... <laughs> that Layman and Gilroy have created a universe so big that they can tell five issues without even touching on the villain of the story. Um, well, they kind of mention him just a little bit, but he's not in it. So, ah, it's, it's good stuff, man. Uh, the, the family recipes. It was, uh, it was, it was a cool volume. Uh, I, the, the trip and balls thing the whole time, they're, they're like animal, 
They see each other as animals. One's, I think they're both bunnies. I believe they're both bunnies. Maybe one's a bunny, one's a bear or something like that. I don't fucking know. I, I could probably tell you right now, though, because I've got the book in my hand. Um, oh, it's a bunny and a fox. That's what it is. <laughs> and even the fox has the... would be Colby. He's got the cybernetic face and shit. It's ugh, fucking incredible. This book does not disappoint at all. It's one of my favorite indie titles of all time. I haven't even finished it, so... Go out, get you some chew. Go through, uh, listen. I, I've done now eight of these um, trade negotiations just for chew alone. So, um, yeah, if you find the time and you want to go through and, I don't know, read along, I guess. I don't really read but as I'm doing this, but you get the idea. So, with all that being said, it's been a podcast. This has been Trade Negotiations on the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm Brian Wayne, have been, always will be. You guys, <laughs> um, read responsibly. Yeah. Talk to you next time. Yeah. If you're not getting paid to listen to podcasts, then frankly, you've been doing it wrong. I'm here to tell you about this fancy new app out there called PodCoin, where you actually earn coins, which translate into currency, or even charitable donations, if you so choose. And it's all accumulated based off the amount of time you put into listening to podcasts. Uh, and there are actually opportunities to earn double coins uh, when you listen to a featured podcast, like the Cheers to Comics podcast usually is. Uh, yeah, you earn double the coins there. And as if we're not doing enough for you to pad your pockets just for downloading the app, for first-time users, if you punch in the code COMICS, on behalf of Cheers to Comics podcast and PodCoin, we're going to start you out, load you up with 300 coins right off the bat. So, start earning your rewards immediately. You cash those coins in for all types of good stuff. But you're going to have to find out what that stuff is all on your own. And you got to go download the app to do it. So, once again, that app is PodCoin. Do it. <laughs>